Hey, hey, remarkable people. This is Tracy Robbins, and you are listening to Thy Neighbor Podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you to expand your community, to connect more often with those who are in your path, and of course, to love thy neighbor as thyself. You will hear from individuals in my day-to-day life who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. Have a listen. Jung Johnson was born in Korea and lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She is married and has four amazing grown-up children. She studied at the Korean University and the University of Kansas and did 10 years of study in postural alignment, advanced exercise, and pelvic floor therapy. She is a breathing work and meditation coach, and she has won some national and international pastel art awards, and she's been featured in local and international art magazines. One of her greatest talents is her compassion and her art skills. She is somebody who helps people to become more connected with themselves. I'm so excited to have Jung on the podcast today. And I want you to start off, Jung, today telling us about where you're from, your family, hobbies, and professions. So give us a little more than what I detailed for the introduction. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity to share what you know, my thoughts on the mind and the body and how I come to doing this as a profession. So I was born in Korea, south, southern part of a little town. And, you know, I just grew up very natural, neural. I mean, we didn't, I think we have a small little hospital, but there's not really much of any Western traditional way to, you know, treat people. So it's very, we my mother was a homopathic and my grandfather was Chinese medicine man. And in a way that I was very more naturally tuned whenever it's a sick or even brushing toothbrushes, I didn't have really toothpaste until I was literally almost came to America. I grew up very different. And anytime it's tummy it's a sick, you know, something like that beaver just always it's more what the natural way the body to heal, what kind of things naturally we can use to do it. So I never really see a doctor and never seen a dentist until I came to America. Even so, it's amazing in some ways. I didn't have any cavities. Wow. I went to school there in Korea, Seoul, and a university for a couple of years. I really wanted to come here to advance my study. I went to University of Kansas there for a while and study uh, sociology, psychology. And then I got married and I have four amazing children and a husband. And we ended up in California for a while and we moved here. I was always been very active. And I, as a child, I did speed skating, summer swimming and cycling in between. It never just using your body, doing things. It's just way of life. It's never like there's no gym to go to. It's just, but that's what you do. You know, you use your body to work, but it's just never think that they have to be a certain time to exercise. But 
Also, I was very benefit from Korean school is very into recess time. It's not like here, kids play, we always did gymnastics, we did training to, you know, running, we done a lot of different things, which is very well rounded. We did dance. So always something. And so it was really to me, I look at it, look back now, just you know, every day doing something for your body is just natural process. It's not like something I have to think about it. So uh, when I came here, um, I was really into swimming for a while and for down that all year round outside, even 50, 60 degrees, we'll jump in and swim for an hour. And so, and then I took a lot of classes. I had to be a better swimmer. So that gave me a kind of qualification to be a swim coach. And I started swimming coaching my kids and people realize how good they are. They asked me, so I ended up have a swim business for a couple of years, five years and coaching people how to swim better. And I was into running. So I done marathons and beyond that. And, and then I was really into running. So I took everything I can learn about how to be a better runner. I was into chi running, breathing, all different things. That's what I did for a long time. And in between, I always did yoga. Beginning, I did yoga as something that just kind of helped stretching. That, that was my concept until I was injured in a car accident 16 years ago, and my body was broke that I could not do any of it. But that was kind of my journey beginning into how to fix my body. Got me realized posture alignment was the issue after doing two surgeries, neck and the shoulder. They're about to do back surgery. That's my body totally broke down with all the medications for a year. I couldn't even get out of bed anymore. That changed my mindset before. was like, I'm doing all these things, make my body look amazing. You know, got the biceps and people admire. It's kind of very superficial way back. That's why I thought I look very fit. I'm very healthy. But since that um, experience really changed, that uh, how much uh, it's, not need to be more of how I can be happy having a healthy body. So, so once that happened, first beginning, I was doing traditional, like everybody does, going to a doctor, get x-rays, get a medication, and it didn't work, and then do surgery. So that was my next option. And actually, my pain didn't go away. So they couldn't figure that out. All the medications started really affecting my health. So my kidney... Uh, liver, my stomach, all sorts of stuff, having a problem, getting to a point that it was just kind of breaking down. So I was more on the deathbed for six months or more. That was a really difficult time for me. So when I realized that, that I said it, some days I feel a little bit better. I will do a little bit of yoga in my own way to thinking that that will, you know, breathing and stuff will help. But I realized there's more than that. And then also I realized certain ways I move body, my body was not moving. And then I started thinking, why is that? So it, to me, it's asking questions is so important. And the more connecting with your body, it's a so important element of a healing. So the more you're aware of your body, you'll be able to you know, know what's going on and why, why is it so different than before, right? And when you noticed that your body was in such a way that you couldn't function, how did you start asking those questions 
and into was it intuition was it inspiration how did you figure out that certain movements your body needed to practice certain movements or did you just start searching for alternative methods no i think it's that's why i think experience and intuition all together so your intellect plus your kinesthetic connection your intuition so to me i guess you know mind body connection thing again so because I have experiences understanding all a lot of movements in anatomy in some ways that how body is supposed to work. Also, because I had the intellectual knowledge in the background and then my body was not doing, I started doing things intellectually. I processed, okay, why is it my body was working like this? Now it's not working. That kind of bring a question at the same time intuitively to know that there's something more than just the body aspect to choose. And I realized I started doing more breathing exercises into the areas I have a lot of pain. I noticed that there's a pain, it's a lot less. Hmm. And so it's, you know, one step at a time, it's not everything happened. You know, it's just, I kind of got a little bit puzzle piece here. Um, a little understanding here and a little understanding here, like, oh, that's interesting. And I do this position, I breathe into those areas, my pain is less. When I move this body this way a little bit, oh, something happened that I have a less pain or increases the pain. Just a little things like that kind of helps me to understand more. So I guess that's the beginning that I really dive into more into yoga, understanding what that really meant. Then it's just more than it's just an exercise. Can you explain the mind-body connection? Yeah. So mind and body is not like I explained to Scotty in just a little bit of it. It's not, um, they're all connected. I, it's that, you know, when your mind is the suffering and that's your body has that feel the emotion. So to me, it's a lot of people think it's a mind is one thing, body is in thing, but it's it's all in, intricately they're connected, co-independent with each other. So for example, I tell people that even you got an amazing body, no pain, if you have a depression, you're in the bed for a while, right? It's mm-hmm. Is it the body issue? Is it the mind issue? Your mind is holding your body hostage in a way that you don't feel like doing anything. But if you're in a pain and your body is suffering, that affects your emotion. And you won't be able to do things in a way that you thought you're going to do. So you, you get depressed. So me, when I was injured, I cannot do anything in a sense that my body was suffering that really affected my emotion and my mindset also. And I feel vulnerable and that I ended up being anti-depression for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And just to help me to be in a good place. Also, that's where I really started doing art because I needed uh, some ways to relieve my physical, emotional pain to put the energy that feels trapped into something more beautiful because it's just something is broken. It's not working that I feel like I need to create that something. It's a subconscious intuitively. That's a something that my mind was drawn to. So it's not a lot of times the intuition is that because your past experiences, it's a store in your 
part of a brain somewhere. But when situations arise, your heart knows where to go to the brain to access that what you need and to be able to use it to help you emotionally or physically. That reminds me of Frida Kahlo and when she was injured so severely and her dad gave her a canvas in her bed so that she could paint. And she she did express a lot of her pain through her artwork. Mm -hmm. artwork. It's interesting that that also became a place where you could express or be creative and find joy in that place, in that creation. I mean, it, to me, a lot of people do use as a pain. I think it, for artists, a pain is a very amazing gift that you can use it to express, connect with the people in the pain, other people in the pain. Or in my case, that I, um, I was, there was more outlet in a way that find a joy, bring myself out of that dark place, created something beautiful, feel myself. So it goes different ways, you know. So, so yeah. So it's it's to me, it's mind body connection. Is that is that we are our spirit and mind body. They all have to work as a whole system. They influence each other. They support each other. They hurt each other. <laughs> you know, they all work. But to me, it's always come down to who's more priority, who's more in charge. It goes down to heart, our spirit. Mm -hmm. So to me, our spirit is more master. And I tell some a lot of times, I, that's why I look at it as your heart is master, your brain is organizer, your body's facilitator. But whatever each one does, just like, you know, we got the hands and legs and feet. Some are small, some are big, but they all got different purpose to serve, to support us, right? So because your hand or leg, it's a smaller compared to, you know, that's important. We won't say, I don't need you. I mean, even scripture mentioned that, but they're all there for the purpose. Whatever hurts, it affects other parts. And they all meant to be in a harmonious state, homeostasis to help us to continue this journey in a way that, you know, things are hard, but with a joyful heart, because, you know, that gives us the gratitude and give, and give us to feel more peaceful. So if somebody is in a place right now where they're in a lot of physical pain, uh, how would you help them to shift out of that pain without maybe the posture alignment? So how would you recommend them if they, to get into creation like you did as an mm -hmm. outlet for joy, what would you tell someone in that situation? Yeah, uh, to me, I think, you know, that's why I decide to people ask me, why do you come up with a joyful body therapy instead of say something more serious, you know, posture alignment or, you know, clinic, or I can come up with something a lot more serious. But to me is that, you know, we all have our struggles in life. It's meant to be like that. Struggles meant painful experiences, whatever. It's meant as to teach us. To me, those are the best teachers. Through my experience, it was hard. It was difficult. But to me, that was a very beautiful experience. It helped me to come out of myself. The more than just me, I'm suffering. I will see as, as you know, they all, I'm part of all others. 
it gives me more deeper compassion to really connect with somebody in a more not superficial level, deeper level, more three-dimensional way. Hey, I totally get it. Where you're at, I can totally relate. And so, you know, I, if I see someone emotionally or physically suffering, and I want them to be in the place, not trying to run away. You know, we're always trying to distract ourselves in a way to not to feel the pain. You know, we move to addictions or different things, but be in there. And I want them to be more open their hearts, create the space. You know, why? What is it? This pain is it trying to tell us. What am I supposed to learn from this? Or what's my experience with that? And that will be, if you change your perspective, to me, always change perspective. And whatever it thinks it's a heart, when you look at it a little bit differently, that could be the best blessing in your life. How does the way I view the world impact my body and posture? To me, posture is our expression of what's going on inside, emotionally, physically, and even spiritually. You never see somebody walking in really happy. If you, I look at the posture, I kind of know what's going on a lot. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm reading too much into it. I'm like, okay, just stop it, just see what the pain is and just, you know, trying to help them as much as you can to get out. But when see someone, you know, if you're happy, the posture relaxes because it changes your breathing pattern. Okay, it comes from a deeper, relaxed place. So for example, that if someone is really, you know, unhappy, depressed, I have experience, went to New York a couple of years, you know, I love to look at people. That's kind of my thing. And I analyze too much the way they walk. And I never seen any homeless people there. They're really open, good posture. They're all just ready to crawl in, want to disappear. It makes my heart really sad to see that because I can see where they're at. They want to be invisible. Mm -hmm. They don't feel belong here. They want to protect their, their hearts are very vulnerable. So their posture is, is always want to go inward when you're sad. They want to just close eyes and hope that nobody notices. Wow. But then, yeah. So when you see some people, they're in love, you know, or things go well. They're very open. They're like, look at me. Everybody look at me. I'm happy. And it just expresses inner joy. Our bodies actually, to me, it's not the breath. It's really bodies are made of electricity. To me, our emotion really controls more of what's our body's health more than anything else. Hmm. So, you know, you just, you can see it, you know, how much happy they are. And, you know, those people use it very healthy. Yeah. Healthy people too. They have a lot less pain, you know, because everything flows. You know, body produces oxytocin, serotonin. You know, all in a more in a place. They're good. So really, I can see a lot of it. How does posture? I guess if we just answered that kind of. But how does posture reflect? How does having good posture impact our relationship with ourselves and others? To me, you know, posture is really correct. Posture is a very powerful state of the mind. I mean, it shows that how relaxed are, how much they're in charge, how much they're grounded. You know, it 
a lot of things about that person. So the way you're carrying it, how graceful you are, how much you're storming your feet, you know, versus the very light, you know, how much your shoulders are down and, you know, affect your face, soul, muscles and your breathing and all that stuff. Since the mind body are so connected, but whatever you do to the body affects your brain. It because, you know, they all work together and whatever you do to the mind and that affects the body as well. So, so because of the intricate relationship, the more, because actually posture comes as people say every time they do call posture, like, oh yeah, it's just sitting straight. It's not, it's posture muscles and muscles work deepest to core that supports your skeleton that works 24 hours. And those are the deepest muscles. Those are the core muscles we call. People think of core muscles just ab, but it's not. It's a back muscles for your hip, your pelvic, you know, gluten muscles and core muscles. That's basically, it's all you. Supports your lung and heart. It affects your uh, hormones and the keeping of your cage where it's supposed to be, hips supposed to be, and all that. Even now looking at the people, hips on a level, whatever that kind of shows me emotional state. Sometimes like, oh, wow, it's, you're leaning one side so mad, you're not grounded. So I'm always mm -hmm. going to feel like, make sure you feel like your feet are grounded because that's the beginning of a supporting your structure if we look at its body. So I look at the like the people, scroll assist people, you know, they always scroll as trying to go around the heart, mm -hmm. you know, faulty spine. Why is that? And because they, those people, I look at it, the mind and a, their heart and the brain is not in the same place. They're not, there's no synergy. So they got a heart that has something deeply they want or the way they feel. But then they you know, our active mind, brain kept saying, no, 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 that doesn't matter. Do, do what I think you should do. So there's a lot of conflict. So sometimes, actually, I had a recent client. He has very severe sclerosis. And depends on where he starts, I kind of want to know if maybe even very trauma at the childhood that really started creating that too. I mean, there are other reasons too, but I'm looking at all different. Anytime people come for pain, it's complex. It's not just one thing. I have to look at every aspect of it. And unless I feel comfortable with it, sometimes I don't say it. But, you know, the more I'm comfortable with a person, hey, can I translate this as an emotional side? Even breathing pattern, I'm always analyzing people. Why is she, she only breathing here? Why is she breathing a little bit lower? Uh, your chest level, why is it a little bit more? Why didn't she breathe all the way through? So I had one guy that came and he, I thought he was very, you know, he has no physical issues. He just kind of did something and I realized his knee was a problem. So let me help you a little bit. And then I realized I had been put in a position. Oh, you got a hip issue. That's why you got a knee problem because you cannot turn that far and you have to, your hips are not turning. So your knee was turning more. So you injure your knee. But then I was watching his breathing. I, I feel very comfortable with him. Hey, can I translate your breathing pattern into your emotional issue? He's like, sure. I hope you're not offended. I said, the way you're breathing is I watching you. It's like this. You have something you want to say to people around you that you start expressing and then you realize that person might not take it the way you want to take. 
So you said he's saying it. it's not like you're holding it back, but you said he's expressing it. And then depends on the person's reaction. You take it all back. You keep it. And then you go like, oh, maybe I misinterpret. That person is open. So maybe I could say, it. and then you started taking it back and then you really see reaction and then you're taking it back again. There is never really expressing what you're thinking, you're feeling all the way through. I said, be brave, be courageous. Next time you say it, don't just kind of halfway say it. Say it all the way through. And see what she says or he says, whatever, because I can see that he's doing it to everybody who's very close to him. So nobody really knows him deep down, the way he's feeling, because he's just all over the surface. That makes sense? Did, he, did that resonate with him? No, as soon as I said that, he, his eyes got big. He's just like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I do all the time. And I got issue with my mom, issue with my sister, issue with my dad. And I just started saying it. And then I worry that they get offended. I take it back. But then it hurts my heart. So I want to say it, really want to express it. And then they, I feel like they're going to really, you know, I see their reaction. And I realize it's not a place for me to really express it all the way. So I keep it. So he's a hurting. Mm-hmm. And but he dearly cares for those people and he just cannot express all the way. My suggestion is that you still need to. That way they really know you care about them. They need to know how you deeply feel. Otherwise, you just keep hurting yourself and then you're not happy. Yeah, that's interesting because we've discussed how I struggle with the opinions of others and people pleasing. How can the posture help support overcoming that tendency? To me, I think the best way is you become aware, be aware. Most people are not aware. They're not aware of their body. And sometimes I see people, they're like, I literally say, hey, your brain, your mind lives in this house and your, your body lives 10 miles away. The more I notice that, I treat not only people with a, you know, come to me with a pain, with a posture. I treat people with a cancer, I treat with the people with the pots, a lot of different issues. And it all comes down to posture that's, you know, I can see that what's they're going through. And I connect it with the neurologically, how the brain is functioning, how much your cervical spine is positioning, how the head is in the location and how much cutting up the, you know, when head is tilted, that means one side brain is not getting enough oxygen, they die. So I see a lot of stuff like that. And that I always tell them, the more there's a disconnection, mind-body disconnection, their problems, pain goes there more severe or their disease issues more, more difficult, more, more, you know, heart surgeries or strokes and different things like that. And but to me, um, my job is always trying to find a way to help them to bring in a one page, bring in the same place. Your body always communicates to you, to the brain. Actually, brain lives in the body. That's the way brain gets information. But brain is in a space. They don't know what's going on. The way you get it with the senses and spinal cord is a delayed communication highway. Get it? But plus, it's amazing. Body has to check in balances always is that they don't not only get through the spine, they do through the called vagus nerve. 
So that's called wandering cranial tenth nerves goes around. And that's why you get, you know, stomach issues and all that. That's part of it. When you don't feel good, your stomach says doesn't feel good, right? And another, that's another way to do it. And uh, another way is your heart. You know, you feel your heart feels in a way the deep or hard. You know, they have feelings, right? So brain has a, many different ways, but the more we don't listen, the brain, always body communicates through different ways. Sometimes it's like this. You keep talking to your husband all the time about what's important to you. If you, he's not paying attention, what do you do? You don't want to talk to him anymore. Sometimes that happens with the body brain as well. They, instead of they become best friends, they become kind of like enemies. They don't listen. They're in the same page. So sometimes that, you know, your brain just completely ignores what the brain body says. Being aware is the first one. Because sometimes you feel a little pain. It says, because pain is, that's why pain is amazing, natural way your brain trying to get your attention. Okay. They, first, they send you little things, uncomfortable, a little this and that, send information. Go, like, oh, no big deal. You ignore, right? And then they send you a little bit more stronger signals in a different way, a little bit maybe numbness or tingling or different ways. And then you ignore. And then pain is way to you get your attention. And then you ignore it. And then comes the numbness, or it could be something huge. The more you have that connection, you'll be able to serve each other better. So being aware is a first. And to be able to do that, that's why when I work with you too, a lot of times say, hey, close your eyes, sense what the muscles are doing, what's they're doing, right? But that increases more of connect, uh, connectness, connection better, increases this frequencies, ability to hear. So you have to listen to your body, being aware, and then you have to listen. Mm -hmm. what the body says. I see a lot of people come to me, even I have a one guy, he's, I mean, he think he got gorgeous muscles, okay? He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. To me is that he really don't listen to his body. That's why his body, it's got to the point, cannot serve him properly. Body and brain always want to support you, best way. And do anything where it cheats any way to, you know, make you do what you want to do. But there is a threshold for all things. So to me, I look at it, his body says, hey, you need a break. You need to fix. You need to listen. You give what your body needs. And he doesn't. All right. He doesn't want to. And so me, I'm always saying, hey, listen to your body and Give what body needs, not what brain says you have to do. Our brain is always to think body can do more than it's capable a lot of times. They completely ignore the well-being of a body. So we have to get out of mind and really listen to our body in a sense that our heart is really of a more better, you know, place to really connect with the body because it lives in here. It's a part of an organ that lives here so they can communicate you better. And I'm curious, can you walk us through, because we've talked a lot about breath and where people are breathing. Yeah. Um, what is the ideal way to breathe? 
actually your nose it has a filter system. So you're supposed to breathe through your nose only. Your mouth is designed to eat. But we talk and do things. So we, we, your brain gets oxygen as metric in all different ways. So there is, it's not saying that you should only not talk and breathe. You know what I'm saying? Have to like regulate breathing through nose. It's not like that. It's a spontaneously done whatever needs to be done. But to me, as much as possible, the best optimal breathing is a three nose because that's what it designs for. And that's the leg more pass connected to the, you know, sinus to go to your brain. And, and then it's, you know, people call belly breathing or tummy breathing. I call diamatic breathing. It's from here. Those are the biggest muscles really that support your spine, support your case, support your lungs and hearts to help to bring up best oxygen to your brain. So you should be able to breathe from here. So when I work with you is I, you know, you do active movements. I want you to just aware where your breath coming from, because that's something you have to be trained. Because when babies are born, if you watch them, they breathe from their tummy. But if you watch people who are sick, you know, who is more dying, they all work so hard to breathe. To breathe the one that determines your body when to stop. So they work so hard to bring more oxygen to brain to using your chest or shallow muscles. So it's really your neck muscles, the shoulder, upper back muscle, chest muscles called secondary breathing muscles. They meant to assist the diaphragm muscles in a deep pelvic floor. They all work together, assist them to work better. So it eventually calls 360 breathing. So, you know, this is initiates and this is a helps. So hold your torso supposed to breathe to with it. And then I can go into so much more details with the athletes because then I in, engages all different muscles to breathe too. Now increases my efficiency of how to use a breath. But, you know, basically, yeah. So if you can, trying to breathe through your nose, that's what designs for. And trying to breathe from more your tummy diaphragm. And can you walk us through a quick breathing exercise, something that we could do to help ourselves when we recognize that our breath is, we're using secondary muscles and we're up here in our chest. What are some ways that we can bring our breathing back to our diaphragm? Yeah. So, I mean, I use, I do that all the time because, you know, your neck pain, shoulder pain, all those, actually those muscles are overworking to bring oxygen. And our sitting positions are sometimes a function itself that cannot engage, right? So mm. we cannot from here. So I use all the time, especially when I'm stressed, I have days like that, and I'm always go back to my breath. That's why I regulate, creates more balance of autonomic nerve system. You know, we are in a very sympathetic state all the time. To bring it to parasympathetic, that's where your body heals, your mind heals. Yeah, so I just said, even before I came on here for five minutes, you know, I said, and it's really, I people ask me, I'm a meditation coach, coach, you know, coach. People are like, oh, so meditation, you always said, no. Meditation basically means that you really become aware of your body, and, you know, bring a connection with your breath. That's it. So you can do walking meditation. You can just even do tissues. The more you become mindfulness, it's just basically mental breath bring your mindfulness. 
be present. So even before I came here, I just sat there, closed my eyes, and I knew it can be stressful, right, sometimes. And so I just closed my mouth, and I just breathe deeply into my nose, take a deep breath in, and I just take a deep breath out. Just actually sometimes I hold the breath, depends on how stressful it is. Take a deep breath in, I hold it for a little bit, and then I let it out, okay, through my nose. And I just make my breath more deeper and deeper. Just become more aware of what muscles engage, what's happening. And I notice really my, bring up my awareness, my shoulder and the neck, my base muscles. And I close the eyes, I just breathe. And I literally breathe until my neck and the shoulder, my back muscles to study get softened up. I just sit there. So your breath has to be very gentle, light and deep. So it's just, it's not about, I tell people I want to use breath to engage muscles, not to use muscles, engage your breath. So your breath can be extremely powerful tool to help relieve all your stress, especially all the tensions up here. So you just sit there, just bring awareness to your breath and just breathe very gently, light and deeply through your nose and just breathe. Okay. And then notice how much your chest is expanding and when your exhalation and just realize and the breathe exhalation to all the way through. I think I mentioned it to you one time. A lot of people don't do that. When I watch the here stomach where the pouch, little pouch happens, I know how much exhalation happens and stops and go. Some people are very up here, some here. It's all everybody different. Some people I told them, hey, you need to do more, a lot more inhalation. Depends on the, what's happening. But, mm -hmm. you know, depends on what it is. In your case, I'm like, okay, you could do thymatic breathing. You don't have a problem, but you cannot get it all this through. It stops. Right. And then you take another longer. inhale and then you push this all the way through using your muscles. So I want you to train the muscles breathing one breath to be able to take it all the way through to engage the pelvic floor muscle to work with a diaphragm. And how does one become just a little bit better about their posture? What's a, a tip, a general tip you could give us to improve our posture? There are many ways to improve your posture, but to me is, again, go back to being aware, how you use your body, the, the really connecting, become very aware of what your body is doing because your body always give you information all the time. If you're standing in a, like a shifting your hip to the one side, a lot of times that you do that, we live very um, unconsciously. So sometimes I feel like my job is I'm a coach, bring whatever information becomes so, you know, subconscious become, we call habits, right? We do habits, we do things without even thinking, right? It's automatic programming. And that my job is bring them to conscious level and then we kind of reprogram, make you aware like, oh, I didn't know that. Actually, one person told me I never knew that my body was always a shifting to the one side. 
And then now I become so aware that I'm trying to fix it. I'm become extremely annoyed with my body because I notice so many things I'm doing it wrong. That's a good thing. They are conscious of their body and how it's actually performing. Yeah. Even they become aware of their breath. I didn't know that I'm really, I never contract exhalation. If you look at it, all the abdomen muscles, they have to really contract if you do deep breathing. So I, even breath, I'm not only through, you know, depends on what I do. Sometimes inhale, your nose, exhalation, really you purse your lips. I have to really engage muscles to drop. That's the best way to really create a deeper core muscle to stabilize you. So I do like that, right? So he's like, I become really aware. I realize I'd never engage them. What's wrong with me? I said, no, be kind, be gentle, be compassionate yourself. You have to, imperfection is a perfection. You know, you have to embrace who you are and see how you can help your body to be happy and healthier. Don't keep make them angry or to do things and make them too more depressed. That doesn't help at all, right? To me, it's really being kindness to yourself, loving yourself maybe more than being aware. Be loving, kind to yourself is the best step, first step. Because when you love yourself, if you love somebody, right, you want to do things to make them happy. So if you really love yourself, you want to improve yourself, not because you want to please somebody, because you want to do what's best for yourself. The more you become best for yourself, you're happy and you want to give energy, positive energy to other people. And other people just looking at you, being in your presence is up, they go, they relax, right? And they posture changes just by your presence. Our mutual friend, Andrea Holmquist McKee, she introduced me to you, Jung, and told me about you. And she's like, she's one of those people who just, she's playing with the kids. She's going down the slides. She's, you know, she's doing all of the things. And one of the things that you really emphasized to me uh, in our sessions was the importance of movement. And you talked about that at the beginning but just your capacity to move and that you're not so much into the intensity of being the best at something so much as being in harmony with your body so that it can perform optimally. And I'm grateful for you because that's something that my mom, I think has always tried to to emphasize to me is that it's more about listening to what your body is trying to tell you and then making those adjustments based on what it's saying and not being too extreme such that your body has to correct you <laughs> and tell yeah. you to come back to center. What do you think that the world needs now more than ever? To me, I remember one quote, one of the nuns said, one person is more important than whole world or universe, whatever he called it. I mean, I, I took it to my heart. As starts from you, your presence, how you take care of your body, how you take care of your emotion, how you being the best person you can be. The, to me, when I say best person is most more balanced, joyful, happy person. And that has a ripple effect on all people around you. 
So to me, that's best way to, if you want to contribute to the world or change, instead of saying what others need to do, what we need to do, to me, your presence, they have to be a priority. To be able to do that, you should be able to, your body and mind have to be most peaceful state, joyful state has to be. Goes back to, again, be you, being kind to yourself and loving yourself and giving the what body needs more than the what our ego. A lot of times I think the ego is in the way that we think we have to mold ourselves in our society things that we have to be physically, emotionally. I think to me that's very detrimental. And the more we do that, we change you know, ourselves in a way that become a more false, it's more superficial. We are not really authentic. Just just being who you are and enjoy. So to me, exercise is not something I never, like I say, explained to grow up. I never thought exercise, go to gym and working out. It's not like that. It's your part of a daily, everyday life. You know, I use my body experience as a joy. So I'm, with the little kids, I'm super excited. You know, I'm, I'm letting up. I'm, I'm not because I feel like I want to do something crazy, anything with the kids. I just really excited riding their own little tricycle. It's fun for me. It gives me a lot of joy. It brings me a lot of memories as a child. You know, I'm a big person. I have to get legs up. So I want to show them, hey, I can ride a bike. I can do this. I can do that. And it's just Life is, is fun. Just moments of fun. Experience from that I was really sick. I was, could not do much, anything for almost five years. Really taught me. It's, you know, whatever superficial muscle, more outer muscles to show. It's really we're trying to build ourselves up in some ways because we feel vulnerable inside. We have to feel like we have to build something to show the fit in. And we don't have to that we using our body create the joy. So our, our mind can be joyful as well. Or we explore, expand our minds in a way that we become more peaceful being that helps our body to rest in a way, become more harmonized and more balanced. So it's all start from us. Everything starts from the inside. And the more deeper we do spend and look around, we spend Society says you have to do this, you have to do that to be look beautiful, physically fit, and you have to eat this way, that way. To me, it's, you know, it's really not helping you create more stress. There's not no perfect diet. There's no perfect exercise. There's no perfect anything. It's man-made. Man create the, to create the illusion as reality as to help us feel stress, whatever that we have to fit in. But the more you let go of that perception and change our perspective a little bit, if you wear always blue glasses, everything blue, but if you just change pink, everything is pink. Literally, we need to change if we become more aware of our body mind. We change our perspective. Actually, that's a breath that really does to me. That get me out of the overthinking brain. Get me to my heart, what my heart feels. Okay, sometimes my heart is sad. And I, tears come. That's to me, it's a kind of soul for the spirit. You know, it cleanses it. 
So it's just to listen and see what it needs. Bring a balance and your body becomes so much more energy because we are made out of electricity. When you love somebody, someone touches you, it's not your brain says, hey, he touched us. So you should feel your heart is beating. It's not like that, right? You feel it and then your brain go, oh, it feels so good. I need to produce oxytonin. All of a sudden you can go five miles running without like taking a break. Yeah, the human body is amazing, especially when it's con- like it's inspired by something. The mind and the body are connected at that moment. There's harmony, and yeah. that harmony creates freedom. The energy it creates energy. The the energy creates. Uh, the more like you inspired, you started dreaming again. You're hoping again to be able to do that. It's really we have to be present with ourselves. We have to be understand, be present and see what the, our mind says, body says. And you have to really prioritize listening to your heart and then giving what the, your heart needs because your heart always tell you what the body needs because it, it exists here in part of your body as an organ. And, and then you do that and then you, you know, you be able to do things. So, you know, I, I want people to have a posture is that means your functional body. I'm not saying trying to make them perfect, but more harmonized. Everything is more balanced. And then you you can go do anything. And it's, you know, you can learn things. Sometimes I go skating and I, some, I do martial arts, I do yoga. Or sometimes I run. I mean, actually, I train three little soccer boys that are 10 years old. I train them run better. Okay, they... Wow. And they still, their goal is, they're really fast, but their goal is they're going to beat me. That's their goal. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they, they are very upset that I'm still beating them. All right? Wow, that is so fun. Yeah. So Go, go Jung. I know. I need to. Uh, I mean, I'm like, I don't want to be competitive at the same time. I'm like, wow, this is fun. They, I, they still have to ch- work really hard to chase me to beat me. That's so fun. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, that's what it is. So it's not really, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a joyful mind. It's be joyful. The more you do that, your breath changes the deeper. You don't have to do anything. The reason you're breathing here is your brain is in a very sympathetic survival mode. The more you let it go, your body knows how to breathe. The more you do that, your core gets so strong. That's really a foundation of your posture. Beautiful. The last question is, how have your neighbors or how have neighbors in your life taught you to either change or improve the world? I mean, I believe everybody is my teachers. You know, sometimes they come in and bless me and stay for a while to create some more energy, you know, joy, the vibration I call vibes to help me to feel more, live more fully, because I like to live my life with more intention, living fully. To me, I don't really care what happens tomorrow. That's out of my control. I don't have to worry about it, but I like to, today is my best day. That's my mindset. Yeah, people coming like you bring lots of joy, connection, you know, my heart to really feel like I want to be a better person and teaches me. And there's some people that I, you know, really, I have some clients, I struggle emotionally, physically, Yesterday, actually, one client, I, I was, I struggle. He's, you know, he's a beautiful person inside. I think he built outside a lot to 
to not to show that vulnerability. So I'm trying to break it a little bit, but he he argues and fights with me and I was so frustrated. So one time I was just like literally unconsciously, I was like lying down on the floor saying something like, you know, said in a way that he sensed that I was a little bit frustrated. So he asked me, are you frustrated? I say, yes, I am frustrated. And then he thought that was funny. So we started laughing. (laughs) Because you were honest. Yeah, I was, you know, I was like, hey, I'm really frustrated with you. And yeah, one of these is I'm going to say something. Hey, you just shut up and do the exercise. I ask you. (laughs) Right. Get to it. Get yeah, to get it. to it because he always like, why is this? Why is that? You know, he's asking too many questions and too many like trying to like irritates me. He wants to see where I'm going, like a teenager boy trying to see kind of attitude. I mean, I love him. He's an amazing person. So times like that, and I ask a question because I believe that every person coming to my life, they are the best teachers. They're meant to be in my life. So what am I? What's principles, what are the things I'm supposed to learn from that person? And how am I helping in return? Because I'm very blessed to have that person in my life. And I know that God put me in my path. What's my role in his life? And I know that his, my role to him is to help him to understand he needs to open up his heart. There are a lot of things to store in him that he just trying to want, he doesn't know how to open it. That's my role. I know that. His role is to me is that I'm learning a lot that how much I need to be just be free, be more authentic and not worry about, you know, how to package myself in a way the best present to someone else. That makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of my role learning. So and also patience with him. You know, I know that if he goes someone else, I think he went a lot of different places. Maybe his personality might be too hard to work with other people. And I got the feeling of it. Some people, I feel that. So I have to work with his personality first. So he challenges me, like give him some exercise. I know that's what his body needs. He's like, he's a big guy. You know, he's got tons of muscle. He's like, why am I doing this stupid, silly thing? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what you need, but you don't want to do it. This is the next stage. Do this. And then I know he cannot do it. And then he get all mad at himself. You know, he swear and he say stuff. Okay, so come back here. You do this first and now let's move up here. But those are the all things God wants me to learn to be, you know, compassionate, kind, and accept him as who it is instead of like, hey, you're so mean. You're kind of jerk. I'm not going to work with you. Actually, my therapist friends first came. I'm like, wow, I'm a little bit having a hard time with it. They all says, no, junk. This person you should not work with. Okay. He needs to work with a big guy who can really. I'm like, no, I don't feel that way. I, there is a reason he came to me. And my role is embracing him and love him as who he is deep down. He's a beautiful person. I just need to help him to see how beautiful he is. And he doesn't have to keep building to change, to show, please someone else. That's what basically he's doing. And so we are learning each other. So, you know, to me, everybody's, to me, they're all great teachers. And I learned so much, including you. Yeah, John, you're amazing. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks so much for imparting your wisdom 
and sharing your light with all of us because you are light. Ah, thank you. Why? So are you. I mean, you just have always has a beautiful smile, and you're so kind. Your heart is just so pure and beautiful, and I want to be really show that. I feel like you're always trying to hide it for some reason. And it's, you know, some people can see it, but some people cannot see it. So you just have to really embrace who you are and knowing that you're so beautiful. A lot of times we are the one that even others see it. For some reason, we think we are not worthy enough. Well, you know, that we have to hide it to be fit into something else, right? So I look at you, you're just beautiful, amazing, very intelligent. You got a lot of things. Your heart is just so beautiful. You just have to relax within yourself and be yourself. Don't try Mm -hmm. to mold into something you're not. Because I feel like sometimes I feel like you work very hard for that, which is Mm -hmm. not necessary at all. And it doesn't help you anyway. Okay. Everybody can see why Jung is awesome right there, just so everyone knows. Oh, no. Jung is so amazing, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you so much. 